Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. All right, peeps. So welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast. And I'm super excited. I have a good friend and her man with me from Relation Shit Happens, <laughs> brand new podcast. And they're your relationship coach couple. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so I'm really excited to really do this podcast with you two. Um, you want to talk about how we even got into this whole this whole thing? <laughs> how did it even come up? Yeah. yeah. So we're in quarantine right now, and um, Casey and I are in Jersey. Jimmy's in Queens, and Jimmy and I were at on house party together. That app house party. Oh, that's right. Yes, randomly, right. <laughs> randomly called each other and just started to talk. And both of us were in a really amazing, intense, awesome coaching program for a while. Um, (laughs) And so we just started talking. Yeah, it really was intense. And so then we just started talking about coaching and podcasts and how to impact people. And we were like, let's do an episode together. I mean, actually, we were just like we were just talking it was the stuff just coming out and it was like we need to stop talking and start recording so true <laughs> and then randomly there. casey joined our house party <laughs> uh, yeah he just like popped in i was like oh who's this guy right. well here's my boyfriend it's <laughs> <That's> true <laughs> and so um and so because my podcast is called crazy juicy love Olivia had asked me, hey, we should, you know, do something around juicy love to see do we actually have that uh, in our relationship that we can talk around what you've created. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I got that. And so I just started like creating these things of like things I've noticed that makes uh, a juicy relationship based on what I've studied and who I study with and like from coaching. So and I came up with these five these five tips, but five methods actually, but I turned them into five questions for this couple to see what the real juice is in their relationship. First of all, like tell people how you guys met, how long you guys been together, and what made you guys decide to start doing coaching together. Yeah, so we actually, just as we were telling you right before we officially began, we actually met at each other's parents' Families, uh, summer homes. We both have a summer home in Island. My parents, my family's been going there for years and years, and Olivia's family for a couple decades now. And uh, we didn't even know that each other existed, even though it's most probable that we crossed paths probably several times. You went to this same beaches as the children same, you know, days of the year probably as children wow um, but actually and i don't want to get into a too long-winded story but it's there's actually a really funny story about how my friend was actually on tinder 
and he matched with Olivia and we went to go meet up at the beach and it was just, and my friend honestly he was he was all in his head about some other girl back home and uh it was just Olivia and I just clicked you know immediately yeah. we just clicked I and, remember uh, Olivia's yeah. tender days her Swiping, swiping, swiping. Oh, <laughs> my God. I don't know about that so much. I mean, I do. <laughs> in that perspective, the swiping, swiping is funny. Oh, my God. It was like, you know what? When I met KC, I was like, I'm so over dating apps. And I probably have said that multiple times before. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. Because most people do. Uh-huh. I'm telling you this time I was just I was defeated. I was completely defeated and 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 I was just kind of like I, I don't I'm just here to make a friend. Like that's it. And that and that's I feel like how it organically I had no expectations, zero expectation of an outcome um and was just there to be make a friend. Yeah. yeah. I shared a story. Can I share the phone call that we had? Yeah. So I don't know which one you're referring to, but go but for it. It was, it was right when you started, when you met Casey. Uh, I didn't remember his name at the time. And yes. you called me and you're like, I need some coaching right now. And it was around medical school and you were starting to see him. And your mother was like, listen, you need to put this relationship like <laughs> in the rest. back burner. And she was like, what do I do? I want to see this guy. I really like him. I think we're, I'm in love with him. And I was like, well, you know, uh, your mother has a point. Like, you know, ask him some questions. If this person is meant to be with you, that he'll understand your your integrity with your school. And then it was, and then all of a sudden, you guys like are here. Yeah. <laughs> How did that even so work true. out? That played out that moment. Oh my god. Well, first of all, you you gave me really, and I remember this coaching call because I called you in desperation. And the first <laughs> thing, one of the first things you said to me actually was, "You need to go clean some shit up with your mother." Your mother. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> if you and her are at each other's necks, then you gotta own up to some dirty, dirty yeah. hairballs. Yeah. Um, and I did, and and it it created a lot of freedom for me. Um, and then I shared with KC about my integrity with studying, and you were right. You know, like he really was the real deal, and he really, you know, we were already in love. It was one week after we met each other and we were talking about marriage and love and all of it. And yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's what happens when you have, um, when you're, when you're so committed to, uh, honesty and straightforwardness. And, um, I don't even know what else would you say, babe? Well, I just wanted to say too, like, you know, what you just said is, you know, even though it's not one of the points, but when you meet someone in the beginning and, they really understand your commitment and not making you feel guilty about your commitment and they're supporting you in your commitment. That is so important. And that just, you just displayed a demonstration of even in the beginning, you know, having an understanding that this is important to me. It's not about me. If this if we're going to be a we, then this we need to happen right now because it needed to happen right, like having that understanding right now. <laughs> Even for, I think even for me in, in relationships at, at first, there's this like, um, I like to refer to it as sometimes in the beginning, it's like your two stage characters are meeting. It's not like the authentic self. It's kind of your your false self because you want the person to like you. You're trying to um, get their approval and their validation. Right. 
And so it can be easy in the beginning to agree to those things like, oh yeah, you got to study all the time. Like, no problem. I'll let you study as much as you want until it starts to affect me in the sense that until I make it affect me, I'll say that. Um, but you know, now we're what, nine months deep. And I mean, this still, you know, our relationship has largely, um, been at the mercy, I would say, and it's probably a disempowering word or term, but has been at the mercy, for lack of a better word, um, of your studying schedule. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I don't have any. I don't have any gripes with that. You know, it's, it's okay. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm to her commitment. So cool. Yeah. that's awesome. I want to, Jimmy. I just want to add something for um, uh, for your listeners. Um, the credibility of who Casey is. Casey's um, a therapist and he graduated from NYU and he's absolutely brilliant in therapy. So he's been um, incredibly dedicated to self-growth and development and, you know, constantly reading and learning about uh, human beings and how the mind works uh, for, for 10 years plus now. Um, so he has very, he has incredible insight of to who, uh, people are and why they think the way they think. Um, so I think that it's a, you know, great thing to add, um, especially for your listeners who are out there looking for that juicy love. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, so let's get into it. So, um, so the first one that I have on on the list is, um, the f- now this is now I got this from a book because I, it really changed my whole my love life. But knowing your the five love languages and how important it is to really understand how the person love and how you love and how you can support that person on the way they love, so you can create that because that really changed for me. So I want to know: do, Have you ever heard of the five love languages? First of all. Yes. Yes. I introduced I him to it. <laughs> you did? When? Have you taken the test and do you, and how has it served your relationship? So, I think we have a very unconventional idea of the five love languages. <laughs> I, um, maybe it's cultural, maybe it's just me. One of my, my main love language is affection. Um, and I'm Cuban, and so in the Latin culture, it's like you're all over each other. You're touching each other constantly and kissing and caressing and just the words being cariñoso. You're just being affectionate <laughs> with one another, you know, and that's how you show your love. And um, Casey interpreted that as needy. Um. And I brought up to him, that's my love language. So then I explained to him what the love languages were. We never we never took the test as like a couple. Um, but Bay, would you like to elaborate? Uh, yeah, of course. So yeah, on the one hand, it's right. You you see this as something that you need. Uh, well, not need something that you like, something that really um, gets you charged, gets you going, uh, really fuels you. Uh, and on the and on the other hand, I see it um, as something that, or I guess the love language in general. Oh man, I'm trying to navigate these waters. Uh, <laughs> I have one. Wrong, wrong thing. Go ahead. I have one. One of my love. One of my my other love language. I know that there's only five, and and some might not be using it correctly, but it's um, words affirmation, sure. words of affirmation, mm-hmm. and so. 
we sometimes see uh, love languages or our theory is that they are a story. So if when I was 17 and I developed later, so I didn't have boobs, <laughs> um, I, I was, I never had that, uh, those words of affirmation as a teenager when most girls were getting, oh my God, you're so hot, you're so sexy. And so now when I'm with my boyfriend, I want to hear those things, but it's only because it was lacking when I was younger. So is that something that's acquired? Is it something that I actually need? Or is it something that was missing and that's why I feel like there's a void in my life right now and with my partner. So I need him to say how beautiful I am because I never got it when I was younger. Yeah. If I just give up that past, will I actually need to hear that from him? Yeah. And then on, on my end, it's, um, of course, it's a balance uh, because if I'm never, you know, touching you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or holding you, kissing you, uh, giving you words of affirmation, then... I would also say that's something to look at. It's and it seems like it would, you know, be somewhat dysfunctional. But on the other hand, um, you know, there's times when it, it comes up when I'm not, you know, maybe doing these things, and 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 Olivia, you know, expresses to me that I'm maybe not doing them, and we kind of look back and we're like, am I really not, or is it just that you're not getting the level of completion you want from me doing that? And sometimes it's a little bit of both. Um, and so that's why we say there's some level where it's it's just it's just a story, um, right. where it's, it's right. based on your past. And it is, and but most people don't have that lingo story, right? And and that. so, you know, I, I don't want to say only like most people if they if they have some history of self development, especially if they've done things like landmark or. Uh, uh, with Tony Robbins, you know, like the story comes in. However, you know, I was like, actually, I was on a group um, single staying with people like this girl asked me to come on and uh, to be the expert on her friends. And they were, everybody was drinking, blah, blah, blah. And so one of the girls came on, somehow the five love languages came on. And she was talking about her, this guy she was dating. And how even though what you're saying is true, he's like, I need you to tell me that I need words of affirmation. I need to know. And she's like, well, that's just not me, which is just a story as well. Like saying that just not me. It's like, no, that's you, it's just a weakness that you have that just anything is learned. Any skill is being taught. And so he, but he would say it over and over and over and over again. And she would not give it to him. He left her. And she said, I fucked up the relationship because he was telling me what he wanted and I didn't listen to him. So she's like, it's a very real thing in relationships, like where, you know, like especially for me in my first relationship, like the, the quality time is, you know, very important to me, even though it's a story, but the way I'm with that person is makes makes me feel loved, you know? Um, and it's it just, it's just very important to me. So yeah, um, but do you think that's something that people should like, you know, invested and taking the test is free online i think it's a good yeah. yeah i've seen it i don't know uh yeah i don't think i've i don't think i have taken it usually i take free tests like that but i don't think i have casey will you share and i think it's super important that thing that you sent me that that cu couple did the tapping oh, oh yeah that was yeah maybe you've popular. seen that 
it was like a it was a meme i guess it was maybe a tumblr post or twitter or something like that but basically um i don't want to maybe jimmy already knows what we're talking about i don't want to butcher eft um Oh, no, 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 no. That's something else. That's something else. That's a different type of therapy. Okay. So what the tapping thing was basically like people have different ways of communicating love. And so this woman was getting really upset that her husband wasn't telling her that I love you, even though she was telling him I love you. And I don't know where she got this intuition from, but basically, oh, her husband shared with her that when he was younger, his grandmother, I think it was his grandmother, would basically squeeze his hand um, to let him know that, that he loved her. And so for him, um, the way that he was able to communicate to his wife, I love you, is by squeezing her hand. So she got it. Every time that she squeezed, uh, he squeezed her hand, it was communicating I love you. And from there, it was like, you know, the the whole, mm-hmm. I guess, about he doesn't love me evaporated because it's just like people have different ways. And the point is, of course, that people have different ways of communicating how they love one another. Right. So maybe it doesn't come through in the form that you want it to. Maybe it doesn't come through in words but it can come through in something else. And I've been in this, you know, um, other relationships where perhaps I didn't say it as actually, I usually say it a lot, but perhaps I wasn't doing the things that you would want me to do to show that I love you, but I was doing everything else that I think is important. Like when I care about someone, I usually will take care of the household. You know, I'll make sure that I'm clean and make sure that like we have a, like a lovely space to live in. And, and like, those are the things that I, I make you breakfast, you know, like I wake up, I'll make you breakfast. And, and those are the things that I do to mm. communicate my love. And just an addendum to that, because it it was um, just so that doesn't, it's not confusing. It was tapping, not um, hand squeezing the husband and the wife. So when they would be in the supermarket, he would tap her butt three times or he would walk by her and just like tap her head as he walked by or like (laughs) they would just be sitting on the couch and he would lean over and tap three times or, you know, whatever it was, it was just, and she realized, oh my God, he's doing this so many times a day. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. When you, when you understand these things, like this sort of language, just you you get it. Cause it's, I mean, and that happened with me and my mother once, like one time, like I was like, oh, you know, I want to be crafty. Let me make her a handmade card. Um, like, like I'm a child, like I'm like 30s, 40s, years old, like hey, I'm making <laughs> a card. And I sent it to her and she called me. She goes, oh my God, I love this. Never buy me a card again. Always <laughs> a card. So she told me what her, one of her like a gift and the gift had to be handcrafted. So she was very specific as to what she wanted. So I always kept that in mind. So our partners are always communicating to us what their love language is. We just have to learn how to pay attention to them or with our own selves, like learn how to communicate that to our partner. And I think the one fallacy, and I'll say this real quick, I think the one fallacy that, you know, oftentimes couples fall into is like, you need to be acting a certain way towards me in order for me to be okay. Or you Mm. need to act in order for me to get that, like, you love me. And I don't know, it's a, it's a tall, well, it's a tall order to put on someone else. And also that it's incredibly disempowering, I would say. Right. You know, Will Smith says, you know, in his, the red table is like, I'm not responsible for your happiness. You're responsible for your own happiness. And I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible to generate my own satisfaction. So you are too. So then we bring that together. Like, cause I can't make or force you to be happy no matter because I have a friend of mine who's going through a rough time in his relationship, no matter what he does, how he cleans, it's never enough. Because I've been there, like no matter how much I do, 
-hmm. is never enough. So that's not me. That's on you, on the mm -hmm. other person. Yeah. I'm going, so I'm going to go to the next one, which we already kind of talked about. And I have um, relationship integrity. Because most, peop most people, most couples don't even know or understand what integrity means in a relationship. So, you know, uh, what does it mean for you to have, <laughs> why are you celebrating? I'm celebrating because I'm queen of integrity. I want to start this one off. Go ahead, finish your question. Uh, so I was like, what does it mean for you to have relationship integrity? Does this exist in your own relationship? Because um, I, and I, and again, the same friend, I hear it all the time. Like, and I, this is such a killer for me when I hear a couple say, well, I'm gonna try and do this. I'm gonna like, I'm gonna give to it. And they never do, they never do what they say, never do it on time. It just, it really kills me. And I, and, and specifically in one of my friend's relationship, I, I just, I had to tell his wife, I said, listen, he's like asking you over and over and over again, and you still haven't done it. And you now you wonder why he doesn't wanna talk to you today, or he's angry with you. So I'm just curious of like, <clears throat> Why is it important? Do you have integrity? Is integrity important to you uh, in your relationship? Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a great question. So I'll start off with no one has integrity. <laughs> right. And that's okay. Um, there's an important distinction between integrity and morality. Morality being right and wrong. And if you don't have mm. integrity, it's not wrong. It just doesn't work. Right. So... For me, my definition of integrity is uh, how solid your word is. Is your word flimsy? Is it gonna, you know, you say something and it just blows away yeah. with the gust of the wind? Or is it like a brick wall that is not moving? I say I will be there till death do us part mm -hmm. in sickness, in health, in good times, in bad times. That is my word. Everything else is just a document that you're signing for marriage. Right. You know, if that yeah. is my word, that's something that I say I do. That's it. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. doing it. But how do I expect... If, you know, if I'm like, hey, babe, I'll, I'll, I'll go out to dinner with you tomorrow night and then I cancel and then the next week I cancel again and I keep on canceling yeah. our plans and I'm flimsy with my word. How do I expect to, to follow through with my I do if you can't even, you know, follow through with your plans? And the what, what gets people really tripped up is that... Um, and maybe you even heard it in my voice because I brought mor morality into it <laughs> when I was just saying that expectation, you're so wrong, you know, right. like if you don't follow through, but you have to get yourself back to, if you, if you want a powerful, um, fulfilled, uh, and solid relationship, it, you have to get yourself back to, it's not wrong that they canceled on you. It's not working. It right. doesn't work, but it's not wrong. Um, so Casey and I, uh, you know, our word is has to do with ourselves. It doesn't have to do with our partner. It affects the other partner. Right. Um, and there are consequences. There are, reper not consequences, but there's an impact when I don't follow through with my word that, that and that impact affects my partner. But it's really my flimsy word 
that is creating non-workability in the relationship. And can you give me a, give an example of, of a, what flimsy mean? Because I don't again, I just to like all the listeners, it's really. I mean, I understand what you're saying, um, but what does it look like to have a flimsy word when you're in a relationship with someone? And what what can it be the impact of having a flimsy word? Babe, I was going to use the example from yesterday, but if you have one, you can take it away. No, actually, that was, you know, I think we probably have more than one example from yesterday because I'm kind of thinking <laughs> of that had a had a that was more of a positive outcome of where we we're both committed to our word. We changed our word, but we were both committed to it. I was and you know, real quick, I'll just mention that real quick. And then I want to um, talk on yours. But last night we said that we were going to watch a movie together, you know, via FaceTime. And like eight o'clock, we said eight o'clock, right? And so like eight o'clock rolls around and I'm not, I'm kind of indifferent, you know, I'm like, I'm not really sure if I want to watch a movie and Olivia's in the same place. And she tells me she's indifferent. I tell her I'm indifferent. Um, but the, there was a part of me and the reason I know that it was integrity related, because there was a part of me that's just like, maybe I just don't say anything, you know, and just let it like, kind of go back. I'm like, <laughs> and like Olivia won't say anything, right? <laughs> But right, that wouldn't be integrity. That wouldn't be me being an integrity. So instead, you know, I, I brought it up. Hey, so what are you what are you feeling about this movie? Libby's like, I'm indifferent. And I'm like, you know what, I'm indifferent too. All right, let's not, you know, and we talked a couple more things came up and we talked about that. But you know, we were both in integrity because we, we brought it up, we talked about it. And it's good you said that because so many people do that. Maybe I don't bring it up. And then those <laughs> yeah. little things build up and then they <laughs> explode. You know, like not willing to bring up the little thing and then say, take the easy way. I'm not going to bring it up. If they don't bring it up, and then your relationship, you wonder why your partner is walking around mad, not talking to you. Or you know what I'm saying? So, it's it's good that you guys brought that up because it brought it came, at the end there was a positive impact. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you have something else more to illustrate of what the impact of a flimsy word would be. Is that right, Olivia? Oh, um, I know I have one. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I mean, just real quick, like in my first relationship, you know, is exactly what you, in my first relationship, exactly what you said, you know, uh, my partner, he was canceling over and over and over again with me. And I finally said, you know what? I, I remember I had bought tickets to this show and I had a feeling that he was going to cancel and he canceled. And it was like probably the third or fourth time in a row. And I was like, I was so pissed. And when I got home and I said, here's the deal. I'm not going to invite you to anything ever again. I said, I'll go with you, whatever you want to go, but I'm going to do my own thing. And it really was the start of us starting to separate from each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a, so with, with, with the principles that we use, it's like we can accept pretty much anything about our partner, but on the right. other side of that, we have to make a choice if that's something that we want to be with or somebody that we want to be with. You know, yeah. do I want to be with someone whose word is flimsy? Yes. Uh, I can accept that. I can accept like, right. Like I'll, I'll accept that you don't want, you know, or that you're going to be canceled on <laughs> me, but I, but because your word is flimsy, I can't, you know, I can't make plans Yeah. <laughs> with you. It's the standard that you hold yourself to, I think. Right. If you yeah. have a flimsy word, then it, it might it might work better 
if to date somebody who also has a, a flimsy word, who cancels, who's flaky, that that's a better, more colloquial term is flaky. So, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're flaky, then, then you mo- most likely will be dating someone who's flaky. But for me, um, integrity is very important to me. Um, and there is an impact, um, or I, I recognize the impact. And so I, me being the person that I am, most likely would not date a flaky person. <laughs> I I had a guy that got pissed at me because he wasn't on time. He was like, well, why are you getting upset? I was like, you're an hour late, boo. Like, <laughs> I mean, twice. I mean, I'm like, we can't, we can't be doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta go. <laughs> Casey, Casey jumped on a, on our. Casey and I had a call yesterday. At, I said, I said it for 10:30. He jumped on at 10:31, and I was like, Hey, babe, you want to restore your integrity? <laughs> oh, you guys restore integrity with each other? No, he didn't restore it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but it was because I was making him wrong. I was making uh, him okay. wrong. And then in turn, I was making you wrong. Yeah, exactly. And we were just making mind, each other. You fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably like 6.31 and like 10 seconds. <laughs> so my question now is like, so when you recognize that you're out of integrity with something you said you were going to do, how do you guys resolve it? Like, how do you, without being angry or, because it's, I mean, again, like it's easy to, it's really easy to make the other person person wrong and hold on to your your ideas about the situation about mm-hmm. your own wanting to be right about the situation or like the little blocks that we just talked about like well you remember that time which a lot of people do so i'm just curious of like how do you uh come out of like when you're not integrity with your relationship how do you bring integrity back that's the first thing we do. We, the first thing we do is we own it and we acknowledge it. Yeah. So the first thing that I did after um, I was like, "Hey, babe, you're a minute late. We want to, re- you know, we want to restore integrity." And then he had a reaction. And the first thing I did is I was like, "I'm making you wrong," and yeah. I I had to own what I was, what my ego was doing. You know, what's going on deep down in my head, and is that I was making him wrong, and he's not wrong. Those are my expectations. Right. That's so good, you know. Um, <clears throat> and it's <clears throat> and obviously, you know, when you have done a lot of self-development work, that is so, to me, that's really powerful in a relationship um, that you can stop yourself when you can stop yourself and say, in the moment, not wait, you did it immediately. In the moment, say, hey, I'm making you wrong. That's not cool. Because um, I can see because you can see the reaction and you can say, oop, what I just done has made you react. And that, I mean, that can save so many people in relationships, especially in this quarantine, because I'm sure people are hyper, hyper reactive right now, but really owning up your making the other person wrong can really change, can change, change the script for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the, in an ideal sense, and this wasn't me yesterday because I reacted, but in an ideal sense, I, um, either of us doesn't react. Like mm-hmm. when Libby is making me wrong, I don't react. When I'm making Olivia wrong, she doesn't react. And in an ideal sense, we can co- we coach each other. 
It's like, right. all right, what's going, like, what's really going on? Yeah. <laughs> so then we we get you know we get to the bottom of it, and, and part of that is our each other's willingness to be coachable and, yeah. and grow and to get to the bottom of it and to get off it and to get back to a place of peace, freedom, happiness. Get off it. I love you say get off it. I'm usually the first one to get off it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I am. I'm so coachable. Look <laughs> is very coachable. I would say she is. She's very coachable. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Olivia is uh, probably takes longer to get off it, but is more open to being coached. And then me, I'm not on it as much, perhaps, but I'm not as coachable. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes um, I stick my feet in the sand and like a little kid, and like no, no. no. <laughs> but you can get off it super quick. I and then all that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a little bit of trade off. And those are the areas where we need to grow. You know, that's right. where I need to. I need to be more coachable. And I think Olivia, you know, would probably agree that perhaps her area of coaching would be in not getting on it so quickly. Yeah, or getting off it quicker. Or getting yeah. off it quicker. So. All right. So the next one I have, and I actually stole this. I was, actually, I was, I was, um, I was listening to the Oprah and Alicia Keys podcast, and within the podcast, she brings up her relationship, uh, Alicia Keys' relationship to her husband. And Oprah was like, you guys are so meant to be with each other. You guys, she's like, how do you guys maintain all that greatness? Because he is so who he is and you are so who you are in the world. And how do you guys manage? Because you guys are both big people in the world. And how do you su- support each other? And they, she, and Alicia was like, well, we we both know our strengths and we both know our weaknesses. I know where I'm weak in and I know where I am weak and he knows where he is weak. So we don't fault, we don't, uh, we help each other in the places where we're weak. So we complement each other. Um, so we uh, we have a, we own our weaknesses. We have a knowledge of our strengths so we don't make each other wrong about the weaknesses. So we learn how to support uh, each other where we are weak. So I'm curious of how do, do you recognize your own weaknesses in your relationship and do you support each other where you are weak and how do you support each other in those areas and with the, the things you're both trying to accomplish that's actually really great Casey we, we said this yesterday actually so that's so funny that Jimmy you just asked that um, I tend to be frantic panic urgent everything has to get done immediately i have five thousand things going on in my life and everything has to get done right now today in the next hour like that's um how i operate in his mo that's my mo that's how i operate i operate when my ego takes over i operate from a place of scarcity Mm. and instead of abundance and casey on the other hand um Casey, you explain it because I just did mine. So <laughs> yeah, right. Me, on the other hand, I'm my. I think I I feel the panic set in of like I got to do all these things. The anxiety set in, and I'm so averse to anxiety that my way of dealing with anxiety is just not to deal with it. It's just like not to Ooh, worry you about. You sound it. like me sometimes. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, in the short term, I might feel okay, but in the long term, it builds up, and I. Th- and the, and this yeah and so what we said is the reason 
I think one of the reasons why we are so perfectly matched is because we meet and we were able to meet in the middle on that one. And like for our, you know, our we had a coaching call yesterday with um, with some clients and and uh, we were able to meet in the middle on that. So where Olivia is all like, we need to be super professional. I'm all like, don't even worry about it. Like, it's all good. We got this. And you can see how both perspectives, right? Like being um, way over the top of urgency, like, or sorry, um, we need to like be all perfect and whatever uh, can certainly act against us. And then on the other side, not being engaged enough can also act against us, you know, finding a middle ground once again that, that we both bring, um, where we meet together and, and create, uh, which was honestly, it was an amazing call that we had yesterday. Um, we were able to meet in the middle and, and really impact some people and really help change things for them, transform things for them. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's the coaching. I mean, we coach each other, which is really. Now, here, I have a random question too. Like, especially you know, the word coaching comes up because um, I know from my experience as a coach, sometimes friends, particularly, or sometimes a relationship, people get triggered when you're trying to coach the other partner. So how? <clears throat> How did you even start to like get to a place where you can coach each other without being triggered by being coached? I think the the number one thing is is the person willing to be coached. Cause I might start coaching KC and I'm not getting much out of him. And I'm like, wait a second, I'm just giving, I'm just speaking and I don't even know if he's willing to receive this, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like consent. I didn't even be like, Hey, are you open to coaching? Do you want to be coached right now? And when I sense, um, I sense that resistance, I say that when I probably should have just say it, I should say in the beginning. Um, and he's like, no, I'm actually not. And I, and then I drop it right there and I'm like, all right, let me know when you are willing to be coached. And if you want me to coach you through something. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm I'm way more guilty there. I'm using a morality word, but I'm way more guilty of that where I'm just I'm not being coachable. Um, but I think there's two ways around. There's well, there's two ways around that. I would say one one way around that. Hopefully, and this isn't foolproof, right? If a person's uncoachable, they've you know sucked their their heels in the sand. Like that's that's it. You know, that might be it. Yeah. But two ways around that. The one way. Uh, that both of these are things that I use in therapy and you, you know, we can use with each other is um, what do you want? You know, like, what yeah. do you want? Like ideally in the most ideal sense, like what do you want for, for us, for this relationship, for yourself? I want to be free, happy and peaceful. Okay. Is what you're doing right now going to get you to be free, happy and peaceful? Right. Nope. No. <laughs> and the other place you can go to is, so instead of talking, we, I call it, um, and this is, uh, a great therapist, uh, Irv Yalom, he's like 90 now, but he's he's amazing. He calls it switching from content to process. So instead of looking at the content of 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 you know the um, of of what you're trying to be coached on, you look at the process. The process being your resistance to the coaching. What mm-hmm. is that yeah. all about? Yeah. Um, why are you resistant? And for me, my resistance comes from um, you know. 
and the quick example, right? Usually bottom reason is just because I'm afraid of the final action, right? We haven't gotten to the final action, but I'm already thinking ahead of the, you know, of the action that I don't want to take. So you don't want to even go there. Exactly. So I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to approach it. You know, <laughs> so that's, you know, something to talk about instead. Why are you afraid of that? What's uh, usually the action that you don't want to take? Um, I mean, it could, I mean, it's really specific to the context mm-hmm. of it's, the situation. It's almost, I mean, I, I almost similar to you. It's like, for me, it's like the, the willing to look, um, mm. at the context, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, you know, um, especially in relationships too, having the willing, like the willingness to look. And I was used to, and I tell my friend this all the time, who's going different, who's going through a difficult time. I said, you know, if your partner doesn't have the willingness to look about their, how their actions, their content is shaping and affecting the relationship, you're, you're talking to a wall. And it's hard to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't have the willingness to look at what you just did, Olivia. You stopped and looked at your actions because your partner had a reaction and said, oh, I'm causing that. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. actions are causing something over there with this person. I need to do something over here or look at over here in order to bring what you just said, peace, happiness, and joy to relationship. Because right now, this is not peace, happiness, and joy if I'm not willing to look at my actions. Yeah, yeah. great way of putting it, Jim. Yeah, it's a really good way of putting it. So going like into the last question, which is a good segue, Casey, like how do you ask for, how do you ask for what you want? You know, um, I've been doing this survey um, with sort of looking for my ideal clients, stuff like that. And a lot of men struggle with asking for what they want in a relationship. One of the guys I interviewed, he said, you know, I struggle with asking what I want, what I desire, what I need. And I just like, I just freeze up, you know? And I, and a lot of men that I coach too, like they all have this thing of like, they don't know how to ask for what they want. So I'm just curious of like, are you guys good at asking for what you want? And are you good at articulating what you want and need in the other person? Good question. I would say Olivia is probably better than I am. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it, your, your uh, experience is, is valuable because I think, you know, the... The, the guys that you're talking to anyway, that is usually pretty difficult for us to ask for what we want. I don't necessarily know why I could, you know, come up with some theories as to why that is. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not really sure, babe, but I'm trying to think and, and, and perhaps I'm still not that great at the asking for what I want. I don't know. What, what's your perception, Olivia? Um, you know, one thing that comes to mind, it's not, it's not something that um, so much what you want. It's like self-expression. Mm. Sometimes um, what I've found where we've had breakdowns is your fear of self-expression. Mm. Um, and to put this into actual an actual example would be around sex. And there are some times when Casey, when he doesn't want to have sex and... 
for us, this is like, oh my God, this is so taboo. You know, for me, I get in my head. I'm not sexy. You, what are you talking about? You don't want to have sex with me. Oh, guys, I always want to have sex. Right. Because <laughs> we're dudes. And so then the guys, well, then, you know, Casey's in his head. Am I, is there something wrong with me? Like, you know, why don't I want to have sex? Like, and, um, and, and I'm like normally just like ready to pounce on him at any moment. <laughs> that Cuban and blood, honey. That <laughs> Cuban blood. I'm ready for my boppy chulo right oh, now. Oh God. <laughs> and, and so um, when I start to initiate, um, Casey has had uh, a tricky time being self-expressed because he's like, I don't want to hurt her feelings, but I don't want to not, like, I also want to do what I want to do. Like, I don't, if I don't want to have sex right now, like, and it's just like a tricky place of how to be self-expressed mm -hmm. and control the situation and control everyone's feelings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, now that you're saying it and, and when you put it in those terms, um, I see a lot better now because I am so, I guess, unaware of even asking for quote unquote what I want using that language like wants um that it doesn't that it even come to mind I'm like I don't even know if I ask about like for what I want but when Olivia said are you self-expressed I was like okay yeah like now I get it self-expression um and and everything Olivia said is 100% accurate um in terms of my experience of it and like um usually what prevents me from being self-expressed is just you know a fear of like you know hurting olivia or um uh which is really just a fear of being uncomfortable myself because when olivia is not comfortable then i'm like usually not comfortable and, um but yeah self-expression i understand that now yeah <laughs> i mean would you say that those not that they're interchangeable but uh but but uh in uh, with your, I guess, experience, knowledge, do you see self-expression and, and asking for what you want, the the um, crossover there? Is that, or are you still asking about something else? Uh, <clears throat> self-expression, I think, well, one, particularly in, in men, a lot of it comes from some belief that men, I this thing about men teaching each other bad behavior. And, um, you know, like for instance, one of the guys I interviewed who, well, actually two of the men, and I'm not sure, it, is it because that I'm gay? I know one of my friends who I interviewed, he he even told me, we, he came to my house, he was like, we were talking about like really personal things. I was like, why are you telling me all this? He goes, well, I really feel comfortable with you. Like when I'm with my straight friends, I don't feel like I have the permission to, to, to express myself. You just let, you just, sort of free and so and i see a lot of straight guys don't have that freedom or give themselves that expression because there's this belief that i express this thing that i'm going to be judged or i'm going to be put down or, or, or something so a lot of it comes from whatever uh, <clears throat> a belief that most men have and which hinders their self-expression um mm -hmm. even i remember when I first had my first breakup, I know this is sort of 
same along the lines with their needs was, um, and I remember uh, a friend of mine, she asked me, well, what do I want in a relationship? I had no idea what the hell she was talking about because I've never had anybody ask me that question because men weren't talking about, well, what do you want in a relationship other than like looks and what they, the common thing is like, what they look like, how much they make, you know, how tall, beautiful, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I went to another friend. He said the same thing, and he actually gave me sort of an exercise. So he said, write three things down that you want or you believe that's uh, a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it really got me into the journey of like thinking about well, what do I want in a relationship, and can I articulate that? Because in the beginning. My first relationship, I couldn't articulate what I wanted. I didn't know how to um, yeah. until I did the work on myself to define that for me. Did I even have the thing or say, I didn't even know I like quality time. Like I need to spend time with you in this way. Like I didn't know that I didn't have language. So a lot of, I think a lot of guys don't have language um, or give each other permission to express that need to not only their partner but to their friends too yeah that's a really good point (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like just i'm yeah i'm sitting on thinking about it um it's true we don't give each other permission i yeah it comes down to this uh this view that I think we have of ourselves and who men ought to be. Right. Men ought to be strong and um, self-sufficient and asking for wants, the things that I want. Uh, can my own self-perception be that that's needy? You right. Know, you put yourself secondary and, and and at all time and all the times. Yeah. And there's a great um, line, and um, I'm not sure if you've seen um, Brene's Brown. Uh, tech talk i think it was the power of vulnerability or daring great i can't remember what it was but she was saying how she was um in a book signing and a guy came up to her and said well where are the men in this book and she was like what are you talking about and he was like you haven't written men you used to start studying men he said because we're the ones who you women or people have an idea of like you want us on a be on a white horse. That's the image you have of a man. That if I fall off this white horse, then I'm basically no good. So I have to try my best to uphold this image so you won't think that I'm weak. Because the minute I fall down, then you're done with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such a good point. Yeah. And I had another uh, a guy, um, I was still leading an introduction an african-american guy he wanted to do the program uh the forum and just sitting there sitting there and sitting there and talking and talking and talking and talking and so i asked him i was like well what do you want you know and he said you know i just want uh a con to be a contribution to my family and he's like, I know, he said, I have the money to pay for this right now. He said, but I can't do it because if I take this money and pay for this, um, I won't be able to send money back home to my family. And I said, well, because I had asked him, well, why don't you call your family to help you out? He goes, no, I can't do that. He was like, I cannot let my family know that I don't have money. 
I have to maintain his image. I am the head of the household and they have to know that I am strong. If I let them know that I'm weak, then they will disown me. And I was just like, what? Like, no. He's like, no, this is this is my culture. Uh, he was from someplace in Africa. He's like, this is how it is. Like when you're the eldest man in the family, you're responsible for taking care of the family no matter what. And I've been like, I'm literally working paycheck to paycheck. So not only to support my family here in America, but to support my family that's in another country. I was like, wow. So he was really like tied to this idea. Like I have to uphold this image. Mm. Yeah, that's an intense amount of pressure. Yeah. Intense amount of pressure uh, to put anyone under. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. Or to put yourself under. Uh, right, or put yourself on there. Yeah. It's going to be my next point. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to open up a whole other can of worms. Yeah, that's, that's who I said. <laughs> I was like, we're, we're coming up on an hour. We, so. we, need yeah, another, so. we need another hour to open that know, one. Right. So we're coming <laughs> to the end here. So um, my final question would be what have you learned? from being in a relationship with the other person, how has it helped you grow? Love that, that question. Yeah, I really love that question. And um, if you don't mind, babe, I'll answer real quick and then yeah. I'd love to hear from you too. Um, what have I learned? I think it was it's really just what we were talking about just now. I was so afraid to be self-expressed for so long and I'm still not that great at it. I really am not compared to where, <laughs> but compared to where I came from, I would say that I'm a world away. Um, with my last relationship, I was like so, and I see this in my therapy practice. I was so under self-expressed that I was experiencing incredible levels of just like overwhelming anxiety and depression i didn't know what to do with it i just like couldn't i couldn't express myself and um and 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 most of that is on me and i and i'll certainly take ownership of that and then but the story that i was telling myself is i can't express myself because i'm gonna like destroy this you know poor girl that i'm with (laughs) (laughs) um and that probably wasn't true, right? That probably isn't true. But I think there is this component to it where when your partner is committed to uh, personal growth and self-development the way that Olivia is, that I know that even if I tell her something that is going to be really off-putting <laughs> and has a potential to really cause some harm, that eventually she, if not in that moment, but eventually she will... Be able to to fully hold that and accept that about me and having that space where i know that maybe at first she's going to take it personal but you know maybe in a day or so she won't be taking it personal is so important for me and my ability to to openly communicate things <laughs> um that that it's that it's really freed me up it has really freed me up the the anxiety and depression that i felt in past relationships i didn't even know i didn't even know it was because i wasn't self-expressed it's only by having the hindsight of being in such a, a fluid relationship now that i can look back and be like wow that makes sense that's where that was coming mm, from wow so 
under self-expressed. I was literally holding everything in all day, every day. Like that is exhausting, man. Yes, so it exhausting. is exhausting. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, that's, that's what I've learned. And because of that, I mean, and that's just been, and, and I'll say this and I'll stop, but that's just been the, the, um, the stepping stone for incredible growth within myself, especially in mm. relationships outside of it. Wow. Anyway, awesome. I am so amazing. <laughs> Best girlfriend ever. Best girlfriend ever. <laughs> um, uh, that's so funny. Casey says that. I never thought I would be in a relationship that I can tell my partner everything which is why Casey and I created our podcast that we did. Yeah. There's not, I, I even share with him the 1% of things that I never would. And that includes, mm. hey babe, I'm uncertain if you're my person. Hey babe, I have a crush on my cardiology attending at the hospital and he's flirting with me. And I don't know if I should go date him or continue dating you. I just <laughs> Oh God, that's a trigger for some people. It's a trigger for some people. And it's amazing because I've never been able to share that number one, because that is a very deep, um, um, that's something that shakes me, my core, you know? And I'm able to share that with my partner and he's able to hold it. He's able to be like, Okay, yeah, tell me more about it. Let's explore this. And it always, every single time, I'm back down to I'm not feeling secure in an area of my life. And this is why I'm feeling this way about mm. him. And it has nothing to do with him. It always comes back to me. But I was never able to discover that until Casey and I developed this form of communication in our relationship. Does this work in all relationships? Definitely not. I actually would highly recommend for people not to do what we do. <laughs> Especially if you don't have any training whatsoever, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's just that we've had year, almost a decade, you know, of, ex of training and coaching and development in this. Um, you know, when Casey told me that he was flirting with another girl at, at a funeral, that's one of our podcast episodes. Like, I, it was a wake. Okay. It was a wake. Fine. It was a funeral wake. If that's the important piece. There. I know, right? I know. And, um, and it was me going back and forth of like, okay, that's just what happened to, oh my God, I'm not good enough. And it's like, which which wolf are you gonna feed? You know, like, mm -hmm. is it actually that I'm not good enough? Or is it that that was, he, you know, he has this um, uh, validation. It was him going through a, uh, a, a period of growth around validation. Mm -hmm. um, am I going to be there as, to hold it for him and and help him grow through it and discuss it with him? Or am I going to take it personally and destroy this relationship? Because I easily could have destroyed it right then and there mm -hmm. and made it all about me, held on to things for days, months, and years. Yeah. And built up evidence of how he's an asshole and how I'm not good enough and I deserve someone better. But that wasn't the case. That would have just been all my past-based stories of I have no boobs, and therefore I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
then the relationship would have imploded and then you would have been like it's his fault because he was you know had a wandering eye exactly, exactly. right i i really love that you said you know um which wolf you want to feed like I, I can't remember where i heard that from but it was so good so good it's like it's a deciding factor what you want to do you want the grudge or you want the love that's that is just that that's it that's simple you yeah. know it's like and um uh Marianne Williamson says it's either love or fear or Gabriella Bernstein said like you that's it that's the choice you have to step it into the fear and you're gonna like hold that grudge you're gonna hold you know your tone you're gonna like hold it forever because um or you're gonna step into love um and I and, and again I know a couple now like you know based off something that happened two years ago she doesn't even know if it even actually happened he didn't even have sex with the woman she's hold this thing in for two years and i was like really like you have no proof like all you know that he was talking with someone when you were on a break (laughs) so i'm just like you're holding on to something when you were on a break you weren't together so Mm -hmm. i was just like okay that's what you're choosing and it's affecting mm-hmm. your relationship. That's mm-hmm. what you want. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. I had a really great time and I look forward to possibly doing more with you guys because I have so much to like ask. <laughs> totally. We had a great time also. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Up it and put you in the in the uh, in the hot seat. Oh yes, yes. put me in the hot seat, please. We'll have to have you on ours. Um, So I just want to do a closing for ours, um, for our relation, for our podcast. Um, Thank you, Jimmy, so much for having this conversation with us. It was amazing. Um, And uh, just for uh, any followers or listeners. Check us out on Instagram. Again, Relationship Happens Podcast. And we are offering couples coaching. It's for couples by couples. And we would love to uh, work things out with you to create an extraordinary relationship uh, in your life. So go check out our website, www.relationshiphappens.com. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.